Book Two, Chapter Thirteen of A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Paul Adams. Chapter Thirteen: The Fellow of No Delicacy. If Sidney Carton ever shone anywhere, he certainly never shone in the house of Doctor Manette. He had been there often during a whole year, and had always been the same moody and morose lounger there. When he cared to talk, he talked well, but the cloud of caring for nothing, which overshadowed him with such a fatal darkness, was very rarely pierced by the light within him and yet he did care something for the streets that environed that house and for the senseless stones that made their pavements many a night he vaguely and unhappily wandered there when wine had brought no transitory gladness to him many a dreary daybreak revealed his solitary figure lingering there and still lingering there when the first beams of the sun brought into strong relief removed beauties of architecture in spires of churches and lofty buildings as perhaps the quiet time brought some sense of better things else forgotten and unattainable into his mind of late the neglected bed in the temple court had known him more scantily than ever and often when he had thrown himself upon it no longer than a few minutes he had got up again and haunted that neighbourhood on a day in august when mr stryver after notifying to his jackal that he had thought better of that marrying matter had carried his delicacy into devonshire and when the sight and scent of flowers in the city streets had some waifs of goodness in them for the worst of health for the sickliest and of youth for the oldest sidney's feet still trod those stones from being irresolute and purposeless his feet became animated by an intention and in the working out of that intention they took him to the doctor's door he was shown upstairs and found lucy at her work alone she had never been quite at her ease with him and received him with some little embarrassment as he seated himself near her table but looking up at his face in the interchange of the first few commonplaces she observed a change in it i fear you are not well mr carton no but the life i lead miss manette is not conducive to health what is to be expected of or by such profligates is it not for, forgive me i have begun the question on my lips a pity to live no better life god knows it is a shame then why not change it looking gently at him again she was surprised and saddened to see that there were tears in his eyes there were tears in his voice too as he answered it is too late for that i shall never be better than i am i shall sink lower and be worse he leaned an elbow on her table and covered his eyes with his hand the table trembled in the silence that followed she had never seen him softened and was much distressed he knew her to be so without looking at her and said pray forgive me miss manette i break down before the knowledge of what i want to say to you will you hear me if it will do you any good mr carton if it would make you happier it would make me very glad god bless you for your sweet compassion he unshaded his face after a little while and spoke steadily don't be afraid to hear me don't shrink from anything i say i am like one who died young all my life might have been 
no mr carton i am sure that the best part of it might still be i am sure that you might be much much worthier of yourself say of you miss manette and although i know better although in the mystery of my own wretched heart i know better i shall never forget it she was pale and trembling he came to her relief with a fixed despair of himself which made the interview unlike any other that could have been holden if it had been possible miss manette that you could have returned the love of the man you see before you flung away wasted drunken poor creature of misuse as you know him to be he would have been conscious this day and hour in spite of his happiness that he would bring you to misery bring you to sorrow and repentance blight you disgrace you pull you down with him i know very well that you can have no tenderness for me i ask for none i am even thankful that it cannot be without it can i not save you mr carton can i not recall you forgive me again to a better course can i in no way repay your confidence i know this is a confidence she modestly said after a little hesitation and in earnest tears i know you would say this to no one else can i turn it to no good account for yourself mr carton he shook his head to none no miss manette to none if you will hear me through a very little more all you can ever do for me is done i wish you to know that you have been the last dream of my soul in my degradation i have not been so degraded but that the sight of you with your father and of this home made such a home by you has stirred old shadows that i thought had died out of me since i knew you i have been troubled by a remorse that i thought would never reproach me again and have heard whispers from old voices impelling me upward that i thought were silent for ever i have had unformed ideas of striving afresh beginning anew shaking off sloth and sensuality and fighting out the abandoned fight a dream all a dream that ends in nothing and leaves the sleeper where he lays down but i wish you to know that you inspired it will nothing of it remain oh mr carton think again try again no miss manette all through it i have known myself to be quite undeserving and yet i have had the weakness and have still the weakness to wish you to know with what a sudden mastery you kindled me heap of ashes that i am into fire a fire however inseparable in its nature from myself quickening nothing lighting nothing doing no service idly burning away since it is my misfortune mr carton to have made you more unhappy than you were before you knew me don't say that miss manette for you would have reclaimed me if anything could you will not be the cause of my becoming worse since the state of your mind that you describe is at all events attributable to some influence of mine this is what i mean if i can make it plain can i use no influence to serve you have i no power for good with you at all the utmost good that i am capable of now miss manette i have come here to realize let me carry through the rest of my misdirected life the remembrance that i opened my heart to you last of all the world and that there was something left in me at this time which you could deplore and pity 
which i entreated you to believe again and again most fervently with all my heart was capable of better things mr carton entreat me to believe it no more miss manette i have proved myself and i know better i distress you i draw fast to an end will you let me believe when i recall this day that the last confidence of my life was reposed in your pure and innocent breast and that it lies there alone and will be shared by no one if that will be a consolation to you yes not even by the dearest one ever to be known to you mr carton she answered after an agitated pause the secret is yours not mine and i promise to respect it thank you and again god bless you he put her hand to his lips and moved towards the door be under no apprehension miss manette of my ever resuming this conversation by so much as a passing word i will never refer to it again if i were dead that could not be surer than it is henceforth in the hour of my death i shall hold sacred the one good remembrance and shall thank and bless you for it that my last avowal of myself was made to you and that my name and faults and miseries were gently carried in your heart may it otherwise be light and happy he was so unlike what he had ever shown himself to be and it was so sad to think how much he had thrown away and how much he every day kept down and perverted that lucy manette wept mournfully for him as he stood looking back at her be comforted he said i am not worth such feeling miss manette an hour or two hence and the low companions and low habits that i scorn but yield to will render me less worth such tears as those than any wretch who creeps along the streets be comforted but within myself i shall always be towards you what i am now though outwardly i shall be what you have heretofore seen me the last supplication but one i make to you is that you will believe this of me i will mr carton my last supplication of all is this and with it i will relieve you of a visitor with whom i well know you have nothing in unison and between whom and you there is an impassable space it is useless to say it i know but it rises out of my soul for you and any dear to you i would do anything if my career were of that better kind that there was any opportunity or capacity of sacrifice in it i would embrace any sacrifice for you and for those dear to you try to hold me in your mind some quiet times as ardent and sincere in this one thing the time will come the time will not be long in coming when new ties will be formed about you ties that will bind you yet more tenderly and strongly to the home you so adorn the dearest ties that will ever grace and gladden you oh miss manette when the little picture of a happy father's face looks up in yours when you see your own bright beauty springing up anew at your feet think now and then that there is a man who would give his life to keep a life you love beside you he said farewell said at last god bless you and left her end of book two chapter thirteen Recording by Paul Adams, www.yornguy.com.